0: Hey, it's Lauren. Thank you so much for listening to The Afterlight. Enjoy the episode.
1: This episode has been brought to you by the Afterlight Institute. Ignite the light, magic, and miracles within. If you're a spiritual professional and have been building your skills and knowledge for years and feel ready to share this wisdom with the world, then the Afterlight Institute wants to work with you. If you want to create your very own online course without having to worry and stress about the technology and the marketing, then you are strongly urged to apply. All the details can be found at the afterlightinstitute.com.
0: right Lauren Grace here and welcome to the afterlife my guest today is Manuela Welton she was born in Bogota Colombia and she has dedicated her life to exploring the connectivity between humans through ritual and healing born with incredible sensitivities she believes humans are naturally born empaths and is committed to guiding those she works with towards a deeper understanding of themselves and the world Her immersions in different cultures in 44 countries over the last decade has informed her approach to renewing connection to spirit and opening to her higher self. Manuela has spent the last 15 years immersed in dedicated study in different healing modalities ranging from shamanistic studies, intuitive touch, psychic ability, crystal healing, aromatherapy, mediumship, dance movement and therapy, reiki and cranial sacral therapy, just to name a a few, I'm sure. And her mentorships and apprenticeships have included time in Colombia, Mexico, Bali, South Africa, Australia, Costa Rica, Italy, Argentina, and throughout the states where she joins me now. Manuela is joining me today to talk about all things shamanism, but we're also going to see where the conversation takes us because sometimes spirit has a funny way of getting their agenda heard as well. So I think Manuela and I are both open to that today. Welcome to the show. So nice to meet you. Thank you so much. It's an honor to be here. Nice to meet you
1: as well. You
0: know, what's really cool is um, I take Bach flower remedy. I'm not sure. Do you, are you familiar with Bach flower?
1: Powerful, powerful tool. Yes. 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 So it's some of the most potent. um, Yeah, it for the for the soul. Yes, agreed.
0: So I went to my normal supplier a little while ago and they weren't they I don't know what happened. Their website has totally disappeared and their email doesn't work. So who knows what's gone on there. But I thought, okay, I can either wait and check back and see or I can explore something different. So I ended up exploring and I actually am now I've I've found some Australian bushflower essence, which I thought might kind of interest you based on your shamanism, um, sort of in your aromatherapy, you know, that sort of background. So the one that I've taken a couple of drops off today is called Cogniz and it's a, um, for act achieving clarity and focus for work and study. So it's kind of interesting. So do you take things like that? Bush flower,
1: buck flower? Wow. Of course. Um, that one yeah. in particular that you just mentioned has a really high frequency. Like I just felt it when you, when you, when you were just like talking about it. Um, I, I have actually, uh, the beginning of my journey involved homeopathy and that includes and like involves Bach flowers. I had a really strong interest, actually the, the website, the Bach, um, flower website, you can actually train to become a Bach practitioner. Um, and it's, it's such a powerful tool because it really is, all about, you know, connecting to your body, your energy, and the the flowers themselves really, you know, I mean, all of them have such a different energy, and it depends on what you're needing them for. Um, And the Bushmen in Australia, meaning the Aboriginal peoples of Australia, are some of the most powerful, you know, humans I've ever come across.
0: Yes. Well, it's so good. And for our listener at home, you know, if you do struggle with anxiety or um, feeling down sometimes, you know, these Bach flower remedies, flowers in general are really, really helpful. And there's so much literature online that you can get if you want to explore that. So Manuela, let's talk first of all about how your spiritual journey began when uh, before I hit record, you kind of mentioned that you've been doing this for a while. So maybe can you take us back a little bit? Where did you first sort of get introduced to spirituality? Are you somebody who, as a kid, you could always see spirits? I mean, we mentioned off the top that mediumship is in your arsenal of, um, of skills. So why don't you talk a little bit about that? I'd love to hear how it started
1: for you. Of course, uh, I believe, as, as you mentioned in my, in my bio, I believe you know, we, we're all born empaths. We're all born incredibly heightened awareness around sur- like all of our surroundings. And I had an experience way uh, back when I was around five, that's four or five is when I, when I remember is that I would come in into a table and I would sit, I always tell the story, but I would sit near my, my grandparents who at the time, you know, I thought they were alive and that we would have conversations. And I would ask, my, you know, the person who was helping me at home, like, could you bring tea for everyone? You know, I was here having this <sighs> massive party and I was like, a like it was just like teas and cupcakes and all of it for everyone and um and then I would go and I would you know they would tell me things about my parents that I would not necessarily know and then I would go and tell my mom and my mom would say like how did you how did you know that now this runs in my family very strongly my mom had a very very strong psychic ability like something would fall off of the of the walls and she would just go and say like Aunt Lucy just died, you know, so this ran oh, in my family, and then and then I, I was born with this sensitivity to see the dead, which I really honestly think is something that all human beings do, mm. but we are conditioned and taught to close um, or, or not see or not feel, or if you're scared, you know, it's not because of the ghost, it's because you're making it up in our mind, in your mind, you know, so, yes. Yeah. Mm. That, that began the journey. And then I, I got introduced to, to I, I never looked for mentors. Um, it's something that I, I never looked for, but they always showed up in my path. Um, I met my first mentor at eight, age eight. Uh, then I met another mentor at 11, 15, traveled through many different places that like taught me about different modalities and different ways to see the world. And I think it was really through culture that I was able to learn.
0: One of the things that I think is so important is what you've mentioned off the top. And it's actually funny because it's a question that I sort of was sort of seeing for the end, but you went there right away is the importance of mentorship is the importance of looking at teachers or those who've gone before and looking at new perspectives, reading different books and things like that. So when you're talking about finding all of these key mentors in your life, I mean, did they find you, were you open to that? Were you looking for that? I mean, you're eight years old. Were you like, I wanna try to find a mentor or did did it just sort of happen naturally and and just feel in alignment with you?
1: Yes, Um, I actually wanted to act when I was little. I wanted to be an actress. (laughs) I wanted to be in the media. I don't know, it was just a dream. Fashion and acting were like my big things. I would never have guessed that this is the path I was gonna take ever. Um, and funny enough, the world has a way to do it to show you like, oh, you think you're going this way? Wait a second, wait a second, come back and go that way, you know? So I often tell people I work with that don't, don't force it and don't look for it. Mm -hmm. The right thing will show up. To me, it's really about what is it that you are looking for and then really putting an intention in order for it to really show up. Although you know, you can always take a step into looking for it and letting it show up. But I do feel that there's an importance around surrendering to what the universe has in store for you. I, as I said, I would have never guessed this was my this was going to be my path. And and funny enough, like acting has a bridge into what I do. You know, it's 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 a complete surrender into empathy and and to Mm -hmm. become one with the earth. Like, you know, I think acting, you become someone, this healing space. Like it's almost like I become that person in order to see what they need or how, or how I can help them. So it's very similar in that way.
0: It's So funny. Mm-hmm. I'm listening to a lot of Wayne Dyer at the moment. And um, one of the things that he often repeats, he talks about how we're not doing, we're being done. And it sounds like that to me, when you're speaking that, that, you know, you're being done in the sense that you're surrendering, you're going with the flow You know, you might have these sort of inclinations like the acting path, but you're sort of, it sounds to me as though you're able to kind of trust the process. So from an early age, when you started your spiritual journey, especially when you have a parent, like a a mother, who's quite psychic, it sounds to me as though you were potentially nurtured and encouraged to really connect with your own inner truth. And I think that's a really big part of being able to trust the process and to surrender. So do you kind of look at your, the way that you were raised as a way of that, it sort of set you up for this success and this ability to be able to go with the flow.
1: I love that question. Um, I being born in Colombia, and I know that some of us might, you know, Kind of relate to this it's a very catholic and religious country a mm-hmm. place where no none of this had a space for actually it, it when i ate, when my first mentor showed up at eight it wasn't truly about this it was like more therapeutical um, and so my mom was actually completely terrified of this and when i would come to her telling her things like that she'd be like Mm-mm, not, not here you know there's there wasn't a space for it and i think a lot of us can relate to that you know, that's where I say like the conditioning of seeing any sort of spirits or, or ghosts, like what is that? You know, it's it's your imaginary friend. Your imaginary friend, believe it or not, is real and it's a spirit or it's a ghost, and you're probably playing with a ghost and spirit at age three. Yes. <laughs> so I love that you asked that question because I do feel that where we grow up, what the country we choose to be born into, the family we choose to be born into are some of our strongest and most important teachers. And from that, like, you know, we really gather the information, everything that happens to us at age, from ages, from being born to forever. I mean, especially ages being born to seven. um, You know, Rudolf Steiner talks about this. Seven is like the number where the soul starts developing into the body. Um, Everything that happens then is, is like, you know, It is a is a mirror of what you're going to be working on for the rest of your life. You know, those seven years are the most important. So for me, I was conditioned to think none of this existed, and yet I was able to break through and break through not only for myself, but for my ancestors, telling them, you know, it's okay and we're safe to actually show up in this, and then to break through for future generations in my family and in my lineage that hold this gift that are probably going to be more powerful. I'm not considering myself powerful, but they're probably going to bring in more gifts and more things, you know, and and I think that from that, they're going to have the space to feel safe to actually open up to those gifts. Mm
0: -hmm. Well, we are going to talk in a little while about your journey into shamanism, what it's about, whether or not you feel that this is something that you need to having your lineage to be able to fully own truly. But before we get to that, I do want to continue on the journey that we are on at the moment, talking about empathy, talking about inclinations being an empathic person. So I guess for me, I kind of have realized in the last year that I'm an empath as well. And I never knew before. And for our listener at home, I am 38 years old, and that's a very long time to not know that you're empathic when you are, because I really feel like my life would have been completely different if I had known that earlier. So can we talk a little bit about that? I mean, you mentioned, or I mentioned off the top in your bio that you believe that everyone is empathic. How important is it to understand whether or not you truly are or, you know, whether or not you have those inclinations and how has that sort of awareness changed your life. You know, you mentioned being able to feel the energy from the bush flower that I put under my tongue while we were speaking, that's a pretty cool power. So yeah, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that because I think it's a big deal where we think that a lot of stuff belongs to us and it actually does not.
1: <laughs> I love that. We're all empaths. Being in a human body, you are born an empath. Being in a human body, the the, the, the hairs in your body, they were invented to be able to feel and to, I mean, think about an animal, right? The animal, the animal has hair and it probably like a cat goes, right. And the hair just goes all the way, right. That's empathy being a mammal or in, as I said, in a body, it's, it's already giving you that superpower. No human being that I know is not empathic now learn traits, right? Fixed traits versus learned traits, empathy. I believe is a fixed trait. Some people would disagree with me, I believe it's a fixed trait. And the learned trait is to cover up. So it's like too much, right? Too much to feel. We are in our mother's belly and we feel everything in the developmental of our own body in our Mm. mom's belly. But so not only are we feeling ourselves, but we're feeling her as well right? So talk about like the beginning stages of empathy. We are absorbing everything that our mother is, right? So my mom was a ballerina, had a ballet school, high levels of stress, high levels of like, how am I raising a child in my belly and also being a mother to all these kids and blah, blah, blah. So my first connection into empathy was feeling her stress, right? So I had high levels of anxiety come through my, through birth that I, I have for, you know, for those listening to work through the birth story through to work through your birth story is probably one of the most powerful things you can begin with. That just just within itself gives you such an amazing map of who you are and who you came here to be. And it gives you even a tool into understanding who you are as an empath. Talk about, again, what your mom experienced while raising you in her belly and then how that has shown up in your life. I think that Because there is not one person that I can't think of as not being empathic. Um, And it's such a word that is being thrown around right now. And it's one to really actually study and learn about because it's it's amazing to really see our capacity as as human beings in that way.
0: I don't know if a lot of people realize though that being an empath, depending I suppose on the degree that you are, can really change your entire day. or your trajectory, even probably of your life, right? Because, you know, for me, I've always been really, I've, I've had challenges before with being able to manage other people's energy, like I can't w- watch difficult things on the news, because it sits with me for so long that I'm not able to shake that. So I guess, you know, I'm wondering whether or not, you know your journey as an empath whether or not you've been able to kind of find ways of shielding yourself or cleansing your energy or guiding people to do the same because if we are all in fact empathic and we're not aware of maybe some of our ability to take on people's stuff and not release it that could be having some pretty big impacts on our life for example when you're talking about the birth story coming through um, from your mother if you're carrying that with you and you're not able to let any of that go that could be sending people down a completely different path completely different trajectory than they would prefer to go down i suppose
1: absolutely and it's truly a language that we haven't developed yet you know i think it's it's another t- form of language just like the english language just like the spanish language just like that it's a it's another way for human beings to communicate and I think it hasn't been something that we have developed. I think it's not something we talk about enough, you know, and I, I absolutely agree with you. I mean, like some of my most empathic moments are probably getting the subway of New York, now subway of Boston, you know, it's like, it's 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 a very, I mean, like you, I cannot watch anything that's violent. And, you know, yeah. I take it in some ways like my entire body will be contracted for the rest, like you know and I grew up in a very violent country I mean like there was a lot of violence around me like a lot of you know danger and like as a little child like most of my life I still go to Colombia like even thinking about it my shoulders come up you know it's like Mm, yeah like oh like contraction right so if if our body is contracted how are we really supposed to allow the energy to flow through and this is us who are listening you know and obviously I take note to those countries that, and people that are living in countries of a lot of war and violence. Like this is part of my passion is to work and bring this work to, to countries and to communities that don't have access to these tools, you know, because it's, it's in these environments that we can grow up contracted and all of us have, you know, I hope all, of, you know, I, I believe that we all have the capacity to access these tools. So
0: when you, uh, you know, go about your normal day, do you shield yourself, your energy at all? Do you, do you take it all in? Do you cleanse at the end of the day? I know one technique, some people talk about is uh, closing your, like crossing your legs and crossing your arms. And that can really help energy coming through. But at the same time, you're not able to receive energy as easily if you sit in that way either. So I guess I'm just kind of wondering your own personal ritual practice in relation to that?
1: Yes. My biggest one right now, because they always, always change and have changed and have evolved over time. My biggest one right now is our mind, right? Mm -hmm. So you talk about crossing your legs and your, and your arms, that's because your mind is telling you that you're protecting yourself. Your arms and your legs have nothing to do with protecting yourself, right? Right. So imagine <laughs> imagine if you put like a, like you're like beaming light out, like, you know, part of my, my sound, my sound effects, I speak in sound effects. Uh, you're beaming light out, you know, it's like, boom, it's not the light that's protecting you. It's your mind saying, Hey, nothing of that energy comes into my field. Yeah, We have the capacity. Our mind is so strong. And that's my biggest thing right now for us. It's like, whatever we put our mind to, we can create. Whatever we put our mind to can shield us and guard us and protect us. I don't highly recommend crossing your arms and your legs because as you said, you know, it's not a flow of energy. It's not allowing the energy to flow. So for me, it's more about like playing. I'm playing right now. Nobody has, nothing has ever worked for me. Until I realized nothing has ever worked for me because I haven't put the power of my mind. So I was putting it all outside of myself before it actually became part of me.
0: I would imagine that being present, being aware that you have thoughts and that you are in control of your mind would be a key factor in being able to manipulate what your mind can and cannot do. Was this something that you were always able to do or is this a skill that you've developed over the years?
1: This is actually very recent. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> uh, A lot of people that have started working with me recently actually know this because I used to tell people like when our healing sessions, I used to tell them an entire story of where it comes from, who it is, how old it is, what color is it? You know, if you have an entity or, or something like that. And and then I like actually started playing with the idea of like, what if I don't tell people because it was taking too long for people to actually let go and heal. And I was like, what's actually happening here? So when I stopped telling them where it was, what color, what name, and all of that people actually started letting go of it guess what like because people's minds weren't focused on the energy of it because also like usually I I give an imagery to it so that people understand what it is but it's just so people can imagine it right so I was giving it power so I stopped doing the story and then they let it go that's how powerful our mind is
0: is yeah. that in relation to people coming to you with um, something sort of connected to them that they don't feel as part
1: of who they are? Is that where you Correct. were using that? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of my energy work actually is about unlocking and unblocking. And usually when you feel blocked, it's about like I call them entities, I call them hitchhikers. Another oh. another thing that we don't really usually talk about and don't have the language for because you know, witch hunts, trials way back in the day, all of us were like silenced and killed for talking about it. Had I been talking about this 30, even 30 years ago, but like a hundred years ago, I'd probably be hung in the corner of the street, you know? So I am all about re-accessing and having access to this language because we are all, again, like, that spirits right and I think I believe personally I don't know this for a fact and none of what like everything I know is from experience and nothing has been researched fully but you know my experience is that the earth has different planes and spirit is stuck in a certain plane and if they're in the lower frequency they can latch on to us because they haven't completed their life cycle here Mm -hmm. right so they attach to us and live through us and then like speak do blah, blah, blah. And so you're feeling, and usually I, I experience that energy to be in the shoulders. Right. Mm. And so when I studied a little bit of acupuncture, I learned that the shoulders were an entry point for spirit, for a spirit of lower fre- frequency to live through us. Wow. And, um, you know, and so where was I? Yes. <laughs> um, so in that, you know, that that stuckness they live through us and then my work is about releasing that and letting it go so and also old family curses I mean talk about there's a lot of darker arts and healing arts that you know people come to me for not not to do but to heal from all light, all light yes, here. yes yes yes
0: <laughs> so how do you kind of encourage people to overcome fear because there's so much fear in the world I find and You know, the media perpetuates that, you know, people, I think that if they're living in fear, they're also living in a lower vibration. They're living in a bit of a lower energy, which kind of probably attracts more of that. So how do you help people or how do you recommend that people sort of work through fear, step out of, of that shadow and and into the light a little bit more?
1: Yeah, that's a, that's a big one. You know, it's a, it's a polarity, right? It's a pendulum. Um, and I always like to just name, you know, there are some of us that have the, the advantage to do that. I always like to name that because a lot of us in this planet don't have that, like either they live in the middle of chaos and, and danger and violence, or they have to act, you know, they have that. So I, I like to always name that we, like, we have that privilege to, to do so um, and if we do have the privilege to stay away from violence and the media because the media I mean wow you know the media is owned by like what six families or something like that and and if, I always wonder if we actually came together as a humanity to actually create news from us I mean I guess that's what social media is but now it's become also you know per, I don't know don't even get me started. Um, but what would it take for us to actually bring forth news to the world? And what if we actually celebrated news? What if it was news to like to 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 help us elevate and lift? And also as well as like the news that, you know, things happen. But most of that news you're just looking through is like like chaos and violence. What happens to celebration and elevation, you know? Um, so I definitely, if you have the privilege to stay away from the news and stay from away from what's happening, like, Highly recommend it. And and know where your news comes from. Know know where the channels of of where you're getting your news is coming from. I think that's the most important if you are someone who needs to know what's actually happening in the world. But I, I definitely say, as you, you know, like to stay away from the lower frequency. And I think one of the biggest, most important things we can do is to work on ourselves in order to help others. a place of centeredness and groundedness versus a place of anxiety and fear and depression and sadness so the more that we can work on ourselves the more we can show up for another in a way where we can actually support them not bring them down into depression anxiety or fear it's all going to be okay
0: yeah before i hit record you know you and i were sort of talking about how sometimes the news and and fear-based thoughts really sort of distract us from our power and it it really sounds, you know, when you were using that example there, you were sort of talking about those lower frequencies. Whereas if we choose to self-reflect, we choose to love ourselves or step into our own power, then that's really an easy, easier way of sort of getting off of the road of fear. Do you think people are afraid of getting to know themselves in that way? I mean, I know for me, I'll just share this, that there were times in my life where I had a hard time. This is hanging up the laundry, because I didn't want to be alone with my thoughts, because I wasn't able to control them, or I wasn't able to change the narrative. And so I would sometimes spiral. And if I wasn't distracted by something such as doing the laundry, which is a very mindfulness sort of task, uh, I, I didn't like that. So I guess I'm just kind of wondering, you know, how can people kind of decide that they do want to be with themselves, that it's okay to take the time to, to you know, get to know themselves. And, and like you said, that, that they are okay and that they are safe and that, you know, it's all right for them to do that, that they're not alone.
1: Yeah, I find that there's a lot of guilt around that, you know, and, and I often say, like, what are we here to do? We're not here to go, like, we're, we were not born into this planet to just go to work like our entire life, nine to five, you know, get the car, get the husband, get the wife, you know, do the family thing. Yes, some of us were, maybe that's some of our, you know, but we're also here to really deeply explore what it means to be in a human body, to explore what it means to be on the planet right now, to explore what it means to be, put our bare feet on the earth, to explore growing our own food, to what it means to you know maybe some people just stay in one place for the entire, entirety of their life and that's what they're here to explore. To get curious, there's nothing more attractive in a human being than curiosity and what that sparks in themselves. And like, what if these fingers had the power to heal? What if our eyes could see beyond the walls? What if we could hear something that's happening way far away? What if we could actually fly, right? What if our meditation could take us to like the galaxies? that curiosity that somehow some some part of me feels like we've kind of lost a little bit. And like, again, Mm -hmm. that goes into that guilt of like, "I, I have the time to do this, but I don't really want to do it. Or I have the time to do it, but I need to work. Or, you know, like there is always time for you, even if it's just five minutes, even if it's 10, even if it's 20, you know, mothers, sisters, family, like mother, like soul soul mothers of the family that have three kids. And, you know, you can, you can always take those five minutes. I always like to just say like, even just the breath, you know, mm-hmm. <sighs> just taking that breath is that time to just take that space for you. And it doesn't need to be a big, expensive retreat. It cannot even just be the breath. It can be getting in touch with your heart. It can be just putting your hand on your heart or your hand in your lower back. It's simple. And it's, it's just grounding yourself in this experience of being a human on this planet. This episode has been brought to you by the Afterlight Institute. Ignite the light, magic, and
0: miracles within. Beautiful. And you're totally right. You know, I think a lot of people, they overthink it. It's like, you know, take a breath in the bathroom. Go to the bathroom, take a couple of breaths. That's giving back to yourself.
1: <laughs> Most people won't follow you in there. That's right. That's right. No <laughs> one will follow you in there. You can even close your eyes and pretend that no one's watching, and you can just take a breath. Yeah. You know, guilt is one of the biggest blocks in in, in the human race. Like it, it will stop you from doing anything. It's like, oh well, I have the time, but you don't. I don't want to take the time. It's like, no, take the time. Take the space. As I said, you know, if you have the opportunity, um, a really beautiful friend of mine who, uh, said their mentor. I don't know exactly their name, so I I can't quote it's not mine but she always mentioned to me like to honor the incarnation to honor your incarnation you know and Mm -hmm. it's not my quote um I always like to source when I'm taking from somebody um but it's true you know it's like you were born in this body you have the opportunity you have the space to just like be with yourself and take the time
0: Mm. yes Beautiful. All right. Well, let's go on the, uh, let's, let's flip the switch now and let's talk about shamanism because that's such a cool subject. And I know there's lots to discuss within that. So first of all, how did you first get introduced to shamanism? Is this something that was part of your ancestral and your heritage that you sort of learned from a young age, or was this something that you kind of found a little bit later in life?
1: So I am going to start by saying sh- shamanism, I don't consider myself a shaman, because I think it's a th- word that's been overthrown way too much. And actually to be a shaman, I think it's, you know, it's, it's a word that, believe it or not, comes from the Norwegian, like it's, it's an Eastern European. Did you know this? No, I, I didn't like, know that because no, I would have imagined it would have been indigenous. Right. Well, it was indigenous, but it was Eastern oh, European to the indigenous. Oh, Eastern
0: Europeans. Right, right. Okay. Is that wild?
1: Yeah. So way back. So I started looking at like the actual term shamanism. And I think that, again, I, I could say we're all shamans in some way because we are all morphing, but the, the word has been thrown out so much. Um, I studied it with indigenous peoples, first peoples of, of Colombia, And um I, I, I don't consider myself a shaman, though I do have like, you know, I have extensive study with them, but it's, it's an amazing, so for me, shamanism is the ability to come in between like this realm and the next realm and come in and out of it. Now, so, certain native uh, communities, certain first peoples of the land utilize plant medicines, um, utilize plant allies, you know, um, I know in Peru, there's, I mean, we talked about Bach flowers, right? That's a certain like, level of knowledge on, of the land. And I think that shamanism is a certain level of knowledge of spirit, heart, mind, body, and soul. So it's like you have a holistic view and then a very strong connection to the earth. Um, right. Yes.
0: Okay. So it sounds to me as though, I, when you were speaking there, because I, I do want to talk, I did want to ask you about whether or not you thought Identifying with being a shaman or shamanism in general, I suppose, whether or not it's something that actually needs to be in your ancestral line or whether or not it's something that you can just decide to practice. But if you're not identifying with, let's say, calling yourself a shaman, is that because you just don't want that label? And so maybe labels are just all that that is, whereas maybe people are free to just practice what they innately are drawn to. Uh, I guess I, we live in this world where it's like, everything needs to be so politically correct, which I appreciate. But at the same time, I find that sometimes it limits people's abilities to really explore who they really are and their natural inclinations. So what are your thoughts on this sister? Absolutely. I, <laughs> I
1: love that. I love that. I mean, isn't life just like one big game and play? Like you yeah. call yourself whatever you want to call yourself now at the same time, there's deep knowledge and deep study that comes with being a shaman. So if you do want to study it, I do believe that there are like trails. Okay, here's a great example, Reiki, mm-hmm. right? So I studied Reiki with a first generation, basically second generation teacher, Reiki. Back, back then when you studied Reiki, it was like a 10-year course, right? And you had to burn your books. Because nobody could know about it. Because whoever came up with it knew that it was gonna that what was gonna happen now was what was gonna happen, which is what it's watered down, right? Mm -hmm. So I studied Reiki for about, and it wasn't just Reiki. It was a really strong lineage of Reiki and other like other energy modalities. But I studied it, and I continue to study. I'm still in level two, and it's been like almost twenty, no, fifteen years. Wow! So now people can. Yeah, so now people can be masters in three three days, right? So what happens to somebody like me that has studied it for 15 years and I'm still never will consider myself a master because it's an evolving evolution, right? So love that people can go and study Reiki. Love that in three days, that's phenomenal. I congratulations that you can become a master in three days. I, I probably will not have the same knowledge that you will have, Right. So I mean, I will never consider myself a Reiki master again, because it's not in my lineage. I am foreign to this to the study. I love that I had the capacity to study it. And my level of knowledge will never be what my master, my teacher's level of knowledge is. I acknowledge them for their study, which has been over 50 years, you know, and I really highly respect their time and commitment to this modality. So that's my example of Reiki. Shamanism goes the same way. So shamanism is in the lineage. It is something that you actually like inherit mm-hmm. and it is in your, in your DNA and your ancestry. So I love, again, once again, people that can become shamans in a week. That's like good for you. Like that's phenomenal. Go study it. And what that shaman that has studied in a week has will probably be very different than what a shaman that actually inherited Lives it, breathes it, acknowledges it is is living, living, breathing shaman. Why I don't consider myself is because it's not in my family, not that I know of, um, and I highly respect it. So it's politically correct in the sense of like the words and the terms and the coaches and the intuitives and all of the, whatever you want to call it. But more more than the actual word of the politically correctness to me is the experience, the learning, the time that you have placed on it.
0: Yeah, knowledge
1: really. Yeah, it's funny
0: too, because Malcolm Gladwell's book outliers, you know, he's talking about how you need to do something 10,000 hours of something to be a master at it. So it is sort of a fascinating conversation when you do think about courses in terms of a weekend and achieving a certain level or goal, I, I actually hadn't really thought about it much in that way but you're right it does sound like you know i love how you're kind of talking about living the experience becoming who that truly is do you think that you know very often we live in sort of this fomo world you know we have a fear of missing out we want to do a little bit of everything we're really drawn to that i'm going to take a course i'm going to do that i'm going to do that i mean For you, I know that I wanted to talk to you about cranial sacral therapy and you were sort of a bit hesitant to speak on it for an hour because you weren't an expert in that. You'd only done your level one. So, you know, are these is important to sort of build up the arsenal of tools that we have to really be able to offer a variety of things to our clients or to, to, to be of service, or, you know, do you think that, People need to spend a lot of time kind of honing the craft and honing the skill before they do show up and, and teach it or or use that
1: that craft, I suppose, or so that's that skill that they have. I love that. Great questions. My God, these are amazing. And like, yeah, it's like you're, you're getting me to think. And, and to me, my big, another big, big thing is that we're all different. What works for you doesn't work for me. And what works for me won't work for my neighbor. I mean, yeah. we're all the same and we're all different, right? So we're all empaths. We're all intuitive, really gifted human beings. And we all work differently. So at, you would never catch me sitting doing one thing for the rest of my life in my life ever that's just not who I am but I know people that are I know people that know exactly like they were born to be scientists and they were born to be mathematicians and my god congratulations I am I applaud you I salute you applaud you I would never get caught just doing cranial sacral for the rest of my life now absolutely like I do believe that we live in a FOMO FOMO society and culture for sure
0: I guess in a way, it's just, it's like you said, it's just honoring your truth, your inclination. And if you can own, if you can walk your talk, then great. It doesn't matter what anyone else thinks.
1: You just got to do you. Exactly. And, and to me, for example, it's like what I was, like what I was explaining to you, my mentors, I never looked for my mentors. So I I never chose this path, to be honest. I'm choosing it now because I love it. I love every single bit of it. And, but I never said like, this is what I want to do right? And like the universe put me there 15 years ago, way before people were talking about this, you know, no, even longer, probably 20 years ago, way before people were talking about this. So I know that like, this is in some way what I'm meant to pursue. And my business is all word of mouth, all word of mouth. Like I don't market. Nobody knows ever what I'm doing. Like you look at my website, everybody's like, it doesn't make any sense. It's like, you got to experience it you know so it's like <laughs> I, I do what i do and <laughs> i don't sell a product i don't sell a, a thing right you now i work with the you the human soul and i work with the mind body heart spirit like that's what i do mm. and i work with your mind body heart and spirit i don't work with a package of this is what i'm trying to sell to you you know mm. so for me it's deeply about your passion your heart like your desire to learn your ability and in some way, my belief is that we all already come here knowing exactly what we're, gonna, we're here to do, even though we don't remember. Now, the difference is we don't remember because our mind is in the way. So what happens is like, I don't know what I'm here to do. It's like my biggest, I love this question because every session, like I tell people something and they're like, oh, and they start, like they think for a moment and then their first question is, but how? And I'm like, oh, exactly. I I should start an entire program. I should start an entire program on the how. Because the how, often right away, we go into our mind and it's like, mind, 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 right? Mm -hmm. So I just want to say, like, stop the mind. It's not what you think it is. Like, bring it into your body. Feel it. Feel it. And that's the how. And so I deeply, like, for people to go and, and feel for people to go and like become curious and passionate about whatever it is they're doing whether it's in the healing arts or whether it's in creativity and art or you know anything else do you think that
0: people have a a difficult time with feeling i know that i read in your bio that you do a lot of dance and movement and i remember years ago or maybe not years ago but A while ago, I did a meditation where you meet your future self and then you go, hey, future self, (laughs) you know, so casually like that. What should I be doing now? Or what's one thing that you would recommend? And I remember my future self told me to dance more. And just when you were speaking there, you were talking about feeling and getting out of the mind. And do you think that, you know, we very often neglect our body that we aren't feeling a lot You know, and that which is sort of completely opposite from what we were talking about at the beginning being empathic, where you feel everything. So, you know, what's the answer on that?
1: (laughs) I don't have any answers, all I have is thoughts, but I do want to (laughs) say. I do want to say I was going to loop it right back to that empath. empath. I was going to yeah. totally loop it back because guess what? We feel so much when we're little, we feel so much. It's like, Oh my God, woo, mountain, like so much feeling. Guess yeah. what happens? We never tell it me down. what happens. We close, we, we, we cross our, our arms and we cross yeah. our legs and we're like, I'm never going to feel again. We get our heart broken. I'm never going to feel again. Our parents, you know, my parents have passed but somebody close to us dies never gonna feel again we feel way too much and so that that ability to like mm. oh if the world could just like feel again oh, like can't you just feel it like right now anybody listening like yeah they gave me goosebumps fully feeling i got full goosebumps yeah. from that <laughs> <laughs> you're feeling yeah. that's right that's yeah. what needs to happen the world needs to feel again
0: what are some of your non-negotiables, Manuela, like rituals or practices that you do? I noticed, I can't help but notice our listener at home doesn't know this, but she's got some gorgeous rings on her, on her hands right now. You know, do you have certain crystals? What are your, kind of your, some of your, I must do this, or I must have this, or this is part of, you know, me being, you know, in line with me, I suppose.
1: That's actually my jewelry line. Um, I, I have a jewelry line called Consciousness on the Road. <laughs> Thank you, <laughs> plug in. I love it. She didn't know that everyone. She didn't know that she. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's a, so so. I agree. it's it's adornment, right? So I work a lot with crystals and uh i as i said i'm working on my mind but i do believe that our mind is powerful and we can attune and any crystal that we have we can kind of like whisper in our you know hey like will you program to be this because crystals we are crystals right we're rocks we we are water and so we can program ourselves we can program the crystals so i use crystals as allies love them and meditation even if it's five minutes or ten minutes in the morning it's my non-negotiable light a candle Connect with the candle, connect with the space, connect with my body. Gratitude is a non-negotiable morning and night before I go to bed. Think thinking everything that has happened to me in the day. Um, forgiveness is a non-negotiable as well. Forgiving everything and anything that has happened. Um, yeah, what else? our minds right so crystals I love and and jewelry so I think metal is is for me personally is something that I feel like has protected me and shielded me for a long time
0: how do you Mm -hmm. choose the crystals that you work with do you go to a shop and you're
1: drawn to it do you ever shop them buy them online I try not to buy them online because I'm really sensitive actually in my jewelry I really try to know exactly where they come from because mm-hmm. if they come from any sort of conflict zones I get a headache um, oh. and yeah so I used to work with actually because I'm from Colombia I worked with raw emerald which is not the price that you think real emerald is raw emerald is really inexpensive but because it came from conflict zones in Colombia like I would touch it and like automatically get a headache same with rubies. Same with like again raw, raw stones. I highly recommend raw stones, not not like hand cut, um, because hand cut usually means machines which go into the actual crystal and can really like you know, um, the rawness of the the stone is really important for me because it's it's like you know it's imperfect. I like imperfect.
0: <laughs> Here's a question for you then. Okay. So you're talking about us being like crystals because we're water and right. So I, I wasn't really sure where the correlation of about us being a crystal and water came from. Can you explain that a little bit more? And then I also have another question, which is about how we can reprogram our mind to be anything that we want. I believe anyway. And I was wondering whether or not you can re reprogram a crystal so if you do get this crystal and it is giving you a headache is there any way that you can shower it with love and you can put it in the soil maybe and ground it and reprogram it so that it can
1: be its divine self i'm looking for the name of the water uh study i uh, he's a japanese guy yes his
0: name you know about this is samamoto or something yeah i i I Thank you. I think that's what it is. I was looking yeah. for it. It's in the movie "What the Bleep Do We Know?" is where I first learned that yes. back in weirdest, coolest movie ever. Very dated now, though. For our listener at home, if they go to watch Not it now, it's dated. Like, Really,
1: I think it's so dated, but it was, it changed my whole life. I was going to ask you when was the last time you watched it because I was just I was just sitting at a bus, like I was waiting for a bus or a train somewhere, and I was like, I need to watch that movie again. And it has been years. It's been like 20 years for me.
0: Yeah. I skimmed through it uh, probably about six months ago. Cause I recommend <laughs> it to people and I recommended it to one of my mentorship clients. And she went, girl, that was so weird. <laughs> and I, I, I looked back at it. <laughs> yeah, it, it's true. But at the time when I watched it, even now, I'm sure it does. I mean, if you think it holds up, maybe it does, but for me, it was the most instrumental it was one of those movies that changed my whole life. Like my body image issues, all these things sort of started yes. to heal from that movie. Yeah.
1: This was, this was, was the beginning of my reawakening, right? Like, so I, 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 cause when I was seven or six, I like closed off. Um, and then I re and then Conditioned to think that none of this was real, and like I watched that movie, and I was like, "Oh, oh, there's something different here." Like this was the beginning of something for me. So I agree with you. I think so that I was thinking about rewatching it because I was like, "Yes, this movie has some secrets," and I would highly yeah. recommend anybody who hasn't. There's new movies out telling you all of this, but this is the OG OG. Like this yeah. is again, you know, our, our masters. Like way be, way before any of this was happening, they came up with all of this. So that study of water, which I, I was just going to say the, I, I just Googled it while you were speaking there. So it's okay. Suru
0: Emoto is the, the name of the, yeah. And I'll actually put a link to that in the show notes for our listener at home um to what the bleep do we know? And also to this study so that you can find it pretty easily. Definitely. Back to you. Highly recommend.
1: No, well, I mean, I highly recommend looking at this water study because it, it changed my life. You know, now, nowadays I have a water jug and I always, before drinking water, I try to always drink spring water also, if I, if you can um, even tap water, like uh, let, that's a whole other subject. We'll need an entire other podcast just to talk about water. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Big. I'm very, very, very interested in, in this study. And, and I mean, we are water, water outside of us, water we drink um but to to look at you know so if we're crystals we can totally reprogram them yes again this is more of a social social uh responsibility thing of the crystals yes. like if i i don't want to i don't want to support any sort of conflict zones or war yes, um, you know me it's not like especially when I'm, I'm, I'm creating jewelry for the body like yeah. for yourself for protection for love I can always infuse it with with love but I would never want it to come from a place where like war is coming although I'm working on something really special with that um, because I'm bringing embodiment and to former child soldiers in Colombia and so I am passionate oh. about learning about war, war-torn communities and war-torn um spaces so and there's something with the jewelry involved so i'm super excited to to share that um but but i agree with you absolutely it's like you can always reprogram anything it's more of a social responsibility Mm -hmm. yeah i
0: understand that and i you know i'm not trying to equate what you're talking about to a movie but i recently watched blood diamond and it was just it's Whoa. So hard to watch. I actually fast forward through quite a bit of it because I just find it too much to watch. And yeah.
1: um, talk yeah. about empathy. Talk about yeah. empathy. I mean, that putting yourself in that movie, it was like, whoa. I had I had a hard time watching it too.
0: Yeah, yeah. So how do you work through that kind of content? Like, if you're talking about, you know, your project, I know you maybe don't want to discuss it too much right now, but you know, helping child mm. soldiers. How do you? how can you do that in a way that you don't take all that on? Or is that just part of your
1: meditation where you work through that stuff? Love, Mm. love, beautiful. It's coming from a place of full service. Like there's no such thing as like, you know, you take it on when you're feeling, you know, when there's so much love and you're doing it for the service of others, there's nothing you can take on. That's not yours you know, for me, it's like a, and a complete surrender of love to the earth and to the people and to the people who have been through the unimaginable. Um, yeah. That's, I mean, and I, of course, take it on as well. And <laughs> it's not all roses, like rainbows and unicorns, you know, But but I do... I do a lot of energy work and I work with a woman who I love, who helps me clear. And um, yeah, I really just trying to bring more peace and love into the world in places that don't have access to it, as well as working with people who have access to it. I love bridging. Like to me, working in both the people that want to evolve and, and transmute and transcend and, and the people who don't have access. It's all about like bridging the polarity for me.
0: And would you say as well that know, we really are all on our own journey and that it's not necessarily up for us to decide what somebody's journey is supposed to look like. I think sometimes we want to not, not, not in this situation, just generalizing. Okay. But I think sometimes we want to concern ourselves with so many different things when we really need to remember that we're also on our own path and that when we're concerning ourselves with so many other things that we're distracting ourselves from ourselves, when people are on their own journey too, and we don't know the karmic ties or what their soul signed up for, or, you know, the, the things that they need to go through to find that inner resilience and that love of self and that ability to overcome adversity. I mean, do you think that's also a part
1: of it? Brilliant. Um, I once asked one of my teachers, like, what do I do? I want to help everyone in the world. I want to help women who don't have access to education. I want to help the people that are on the slums of India and in the slums of Brazil help. Like, I want to help everyone. I, I was born this way. It wasn't something that I suddenly decided to do. It was like, I was born and I just wanted to help everyone. And she looked at me and she says, like, You were born in this body. You were born in this life. It's not your place to help everyone. Like you are not here to help everyone. So I was like, really? But but it's like in my core, like it's at the level of like, I, you know, so brilliant, brilliantly said, like she, you know, that's what she mentioned to me. And this is what you're saying. It's like, you don't. you can also just be in your house and have a family and have your kids and love two people. And that's enough. Yeah, I mean, I was born in a way where I wanted to create the revolution and go out and, like, rah! but that's me. Don't you know? But, but there's also something revolutionary about being a house mom, like, or being a, not a house mom, but like being at home with your kids. Like, there's something really revolutionary about putting all your attention and love into one, one kid or your husband, or you know, or just even having a garden. There are people that I work with that I'm like, you're just here to tend to your garden. Like that's all you're here to do. And with that level of love, that garden is going to love and that patch of land is going to love. And that's all you're here to do. And that's okay. And, and there are people that look at me and it's like, what if you're just here to just be? And I'm like, no, <laughs> I'm not. But I appreciate that where that's coming from. And I do agree. It's like, I am here to just be. And there's nothing that I have to do here other than just experience and be, which is really mm-hmm. all we're here to do. There's just a deep desire to give back for, you know, there's, I think I've been through, I really like, I, I feel old, I feel old in this body. And I feel like I was born with a many, 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 many lifetimes. And I know what it's been to be in those lifetimes. And so I feel as a soul that there's a desire to give back to when mm. I was in those lifetimes, you know, so
0: mm-hmm.
1: everybody on their journey. I love that. Yeah, I love that.
0: I will say as well to our listener at home that if you go and like, look at some of the other episodes, there's a conversation I had with Paul Williamson and he's a past life regressionist hypnotherapist and does life between life sessions. And we talked a bit about this subject as well. So if you want to
1: explore this conversation a little bit more, I would check out that episode. There's nothing more healing. I'm going to plug, plug something right there, Paul.
0: Yes, Paul.
1: If you go do listen to that. Oh my goodness. And if he offers sessions, there's nothing more he healing to me than, okay, go, go get a session because there's nothing more healing than a past life regression. To me, it's one of the biggest things that has allowed me to be who I, who and where I am now. You, you like, you know, really quickly, I was afraid of the cold, believe it or not. And then through a past life regression with, which I didn't believe in until I got, um, I learned that I was actually bar- buried alive in the snow or I like, you know, oh, and that's why wow. I was afraid of the cold. So if you have the capacity and the ability to pl- to do a session with him, absolutely would. It's one of the most brilliant things in the world. Anyway,
0: good plug. And he is like, when you listen <laughs> to him, you go, wow, you really are in the right career as his speaking style is soft and gentle and, Yeah, it's really wonderful. So thank you for that. All right, sister, we are at the end of our time, probably even just a little bit over time. I could talk to you forever. I'd love to know, is there anything I didn't ask that you felt called to speak on today that you wanted to bring up and also what's next for you? How can people get a hold of you? I know you don't sell anything that you tailor your experiences to the individual, but I'd love to turn it over for you to, uh, to pitch or to inspire whatever you want to say is fine.
1: This has been such a wonderful conversation. And and I'm just, you know, what incredible questions. And I, I really feel my evolution through the questions that you've asked. Like, I really feel like, wow, I've, I've evolved because of the questions you've asked in the sense of like, I really felt, no, anyway. Um, thank you. Thank wonderful. you, thank you, thank you. And I have a website, as I said, as I mentioned, my website is not very uh, clear, but <laughs> I try my best. And um, I'm, I'd, be, I'd love, I have recently just come to across Australia and I, I'm working with a, quite a few Australians and I love, I mean, I live there. I mean, I'm, I'm sure you have listeners from all over the world, but I am gonna yes. speak you know, to Australia in particular. Um, but yes, uh, I do movement classes. Uh, I do healing sessions. I do uh, intuitive readings. I am, don't consider myself a psychic. So I read the present. Um, and help you get to that point of happiness. Anyway, I am awful at plugging myself in, but it's been an amazing, amazing conversation. And I could definitely speak to you for a longer time. This has been so wonderful.
0: Yes. Thank you, my friend. So great to meet you again in this life. And uh, I look forward to keeping in touch.
1: Likewise. And thank you for having me again.
0: Hi. Hi. Thanks so much for listening to the episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please leave us a review when you listen to our podcast and share it with your friends. Thank you. New episodes.